0: changing. We're flying high, creating a complaint-free world. No more, no more complaining. People, their lives are changing. We're flying high, creating a complaint
1: I'm going to introduce my guest. Her name is Dr. Marsha Reynolds, and she is a renowned expert on having conversations that transform minds. She is the past global president of the International Coaching Federation and a member of the elite ICF Coach Circle of Distinction. Rather, her teaching and speaking take her around the world, remotely and live delivering programs in 43 countries. Let's see. She is recognized as the number five coach in the world. She has published four books and you can find out, and I was on her website just a moment ago. You can find out more about uh, Dr. Marsha at covisioning.com. That is www.covisioning.com. Everybody welcome Dr. Marsha Reynolds. How are you? I'm good, good, and I'm
2: grateful that I have the health and the coffee to be here at five in the morning. You were talking about the weather. It's 63 degrees here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, always a delightful morning this time of year. I love getting out and walking before it gets hot.
1: <laughs> One of the, This is something I really wanted to hear about, so I'll have this hopefully in a second. Why does transformation happen in conversation, not yeah. personal reflection?
2: Well, you know, I've been working with people on conversations and change for years. And when I found coaching um, and I went and studied what happens in the brain when we coach people, I realized that the way, it's not just the way we listen, but the way we are being with people that we're honoring them for who they are today before we even get into helping them think through things in a different way. It makes a difference instead of trying to change people right away. Oh, you shouldn't think that way. But to really listen to their story and see how they see things and why they see things and who they are in this moment. And to acknowledge that first, you know, and then to just, you know, reflect on their story and ask them questions that make them think beyond their story. Then they see things differently and they do things differently. You know, and so it's a very powerful interaction without me having to know everything, <laughs> um, just to be present, to be curious, and to honor the person in front of me.
1: How does one find a good coach? And the reason I say that is I know so many people who have slapped mm-hmm. the term coach behind their name. Right. And I, I just am concerned. I, I had a coach for many years when I was mm-hmm. a. A minister in a church and he was a uh, church minister coach and he was brilliant. Yeah. How how do you find someone that's a good fit for you?
2: Well, you know, one of the the reasons way back when we created the International Coaching Federation, we brought in certification right away because we had the same problem from the very beginning that, you know, people were like, oh, coach, I'm just going to put that on my name. So how do you um, demonstrate to people that you know I'm well trained. I've had a lot of hours of practice. Um, I know what I'm doing. Um, uh, to be able to be with you and help you think um, is to, I would say, make sure that you're with a certified coach and not just from a coaching school. Because any coaching school can say, "Come train with us for 10 hours, and we'll give you a certification," but Certified by the uh, by the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, um, it's critical. It's a critical distinction, and that's why I teach coaching skills uh, for four schools around the world, and I work with coaches to help help them be good coaches. You know, but I'm very committed that this is a part of uh, the competencies we defined that differentiate coaching from just giving advice and consulting and mentoring, that you really are getting a coach who will listen to you and help you think differently. So that's where I say go to the ICF website. They have a huge directory of uh, of coaches you can put in, you know, that you want a certified coach. And I would say start there.
1: And what draws people to a coach? What, what are the life events or the aspirations that bring a person into coaching?
2: Well, you know, when we started off, it was more like remedial. Um, uh, they had something to fix and that they had to be with people differently. And but now it's um, I've reached a point in my life that I want to go to the next level. I want to grow. I want to develop or even to transform their careers and their lives that they're now they're feeling empty of where from where they were before. And they want to feel more fulfilled. So it could be from I have uh, uh, I'm stuck and I need to resolve this um, and understand it better in a way I can't do for myself all the way through. It's time for me to expand who I am and who I want to be in the world. Um, so it's at any of those points on the range that a coach can help you, you know, help you again, to see things differently. I, I, um, the, the significance that I provide, I mean, sure, I could give you advice, but that I help you really see who you are and where you are today. Um, allows you to start seeing beyond that. So you can see it for yourself. And I believe that's the significant piece because you're a smart person, (laughs) you know, and um, I want to build on that and build on your passion and your care.
1: I have heard of coaching programs or coaches who Mm -hmm. basically just follow an ABC cookie cutter type of... Coaching. Is that effective in your opinion, or do you feel that more individualized is better?
2: Well, um, yes. You know, there's when people adhere to a model, I'm going to do this, this, and this, then I'm not being present with you. I'm coaching from memory and not from curiosity. Um, when we start any skill, we kind of A, B, C it. You know, we have to learn our scales before we can improvise on the piano. So, uh, you know, there is a is a place where we start. But remembering that coaching is about being with you and listening to you and helping you to see the stories that are keeping you stuck in your brain, then it has to be uh, customized. That when I try to help you to create uh, the vision of what you want to step into, it can't be a cookie cutter because this is your picture. This is your life so i will i will share back with you you know this is a reflective inquiry process so the reflection of what you're saying and what you're seeing and what i hear you want to create that's your story and and what's possible and so it has to be customized to what you give me so i see coaching as a receiving not just a listening you i receive from you um the story you're living in and what you want to create, I share it back with you and and then maybe ask a question to help you think it through. So it's always a customized approach.
1: Let me reintroduce my guest. She's Dr. Marsha Reynolds. Her website is covisioning.com and she is one of the top five coaches in the world. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the coaching skills that bring a person to new insights and, and transformation.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, so many people get stuck in the myth that coaching is about asking questions. And um, I know somebody once said, well, nobody wants you just somebody to sit there and ask questions, but it was never intended to be that way. That, remember, I said this is a reflective inquiry process, which was created by a guy named John Dewey, who wrote a book called How We Think in 1910. He was an educational reformer and said, I want teachers to help students to think more broadly for themselves. And so he says, it starts with a reflection that um, this isn't about just asking questions, but when I help, you know, we get stuck in our stories up here and we cannot um, analyze our own stories. It's, it's nearly impossible. The, the neuroscientists will tell you that, that the, our brains, our egos stop us, you know, from pulling apart our stories. But when I reflect back to you what I'm hearing you say, the key points, the elements, I'm listening for that, what's most important to you, what's limiting you, I reflect that back to you, we can hold the story out here, and you can see your stories objectively in a way you can't do for yourself. And then I'll ask you the question that may help you to see beyond it. So it's a reflection, uh, reflective inquiry process, but that requires presence. So the combination of what I'm doing and who I'm being with you is critical. Can I be with you um, and be curious and care and, and not judge you? You know, or think I know better, or I've been there before, you should do this. I can't go to that place, you know, I have to. And I always do this because I'm present with my body, my Mm. nervous system, my head, my heart and my gut. And you sense that. And we have this energy between us that you feel safe with me right away to share with me what's on your mind and your greatest desires, even if the world says you shouldn't do that. Um, And we start from there. So it's being as well as
1: doing. I participated in an online summit a few months back, and one of the presenters was a, a coach. And it's, <laughs> it, well, no, no, he's great. He really is great. Right. I think he's awesome. What struck me, though, is that, a lot of people who are drawn to coaching, at least from the conversation he and I had, tend to be success-oriented, personal mm-hmm. development, type A kind of people. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm hearing from you, mm-hmm. it's kind of almost a very Zen practice when mm-hmm. you're coaching. Do you find that some people struggle with this mm-hmm. let's let's get to know me approach before we get down to, to whatever business. it is?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you got to match the energy of the client you're with. And so I have and I say this very directly because I have some, some very big ego strong executives that I coach and I will be direct. <laughs> and if they're, you know, constantly, you know, as you were, as you know complaining, I will come back and say, "Okay, so you're telling me what's wrong." All right. Are you really willing to look at 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 what responsibility you have to change this situation? So I'll be direct in my questions. Um, so there's an matching of an energy flow. But that trust um, that we create with the person that can't change. So I'm still it's still about presence um, and, and being there. But but so when you say Zen like it's not like. Um, oh, you know, peacefulness, mindfulness <laughs> or whatever, you know, and, and most coaches will tell you that, you know, well, Marsh is very direct, <laughs> you know, but I wouldn't say that I jump in um, again, being very careful that I'm not going to jump in and tell people what to do because you're a smart person and you're just kind of stuck in the way you see and you don't need me to tell you. Um, and so I'm very careful about that, because if I feel that I you need my advice, then I'm seeing you as inadequate, you know, and I don't believe that. I believe that you have it. You're just stuck in the way you're seeing, and we just need to broaden that. Um, so, yeah.
1: was <laughs> right. I think it's
2: also, you know, in five in the morning, I'm more (laughs) Zen-like. Oh,
1: (laughs) and I appreciate you doing this with us so early. Mm -hmm. The difference between mentorship and coaching, having had both myself, someone Mm -hmm. mentor and I've mentored, I've not coached, but I've been coached. Uh What is the contrast and compare those? And does Mm -hmm. one support the other? Yeah, absolutely. I
2: mentor lots of coaches. Um, You know, a simple way of measuring it is who's doing most of the talking. You know, in a mentoring relationship, I as a mentor will be talking more than um, I as a coach. Um, But you come to me because you're on a new path um, or within an organization, um, it may be you know, that they promoted you. I've had a number of people this year that were promoted in a number of levels. And so there isn't experience to draw on. So there will be times I'll even, we'll talk about it up front within our contract that, um, uh, that there will be a combination. I will coach them first. And then if we get to a point to where uh, they really don't have something to draw on to know how to deal with the executive team or, um, how to manage an entire organization, then I will. You know, okay, so let me provide you some suggestions, but I still want them to choose. So there can be a combination. So, and there's great value. So when I mentor coaches, I'm usually mentoring them towards certification um, on their skills and telling them, okay, here's what needs to be developed. You know, so I'm very clear on uh, the advice that I'm giving at that point so mentoring is more about giving insights giving advice giving the benefit of my experience which is different (laughs) than a a coaching relationship so it really depends on on i always say coach first and really determine what the person needs and don't assume you know what they need because that's insulting so let let me understand where you're at what you think you need what you think is missing even if they say to me, I don't know what you would do, what would you do? I always say, you know, you're, you're, you're stepping into a new, let's say, leadership position, and you're saying you don't know, but have you had leaders that you liked or you didn't like? Can we start there and see what was significant for you? Because they often have had experiences to draw on. They're just not remembering or they're afraid to take the risk. So I want to know, is this that you don't know or that you are unsure? You know, so let's explore it first of what you really need. And then we can determine together what would be most useful.
1: It seems that if if a person's having a challenge in their life, there's so many mm-hmm. options. There's coaching, there's therapy, mm-hmm. there's mentorship, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. How does one discern, I need a coach, I need a therapist, I need yeah. a mentor, I need a counselor. Uh, Thoughts on that? Well, you know, that's a part of our ethical code is really
2: understanding the difference between therapy and coaching. And and I do have a doctorate in psychology, so I'm pretty up on that. But, you know, I think an easy distinction is as a coach, I'm, tr- I'm interested in how you see things now um, and what's possible going forward. If there's a reoccurring pattern that's keeping you stuck and you can't get out of that, then that's probably therapy. Because um, uh, I, I don't I have—I I don't care <laughs> about you know this was developed as a kid because my my parents always told me I was awful. Okay, so that may be a truth, but what's possible now? If you're stuck in that cycle that you know I'm broken and I need to be fixed then therapy counseling would probably be the best bet. And I have referred clients. And I've had clients that had a therapist and still continue to work with me because it's a different um, thing that we work on. You know, so I work on present and future. They work on past and present more, which leads to future. Um, In terms of mentoring, again, oftentimes mentoring is within an organization. So I I do encourage uh, clients that, um, to have champions, to have mentors internally that can help them navigate the organization. Um, in my last 11 years of corporate work, I was uh, often the only woman on the leadership team and many women would come to me for mentoring. I could only do one at a time, but um, they wanted to know how to navigate a primarily male-dominant organization. There was advice, <laughs> mentoring was good as an internal um, advisor. Uh, So, and again, with mentoring skills, if it's just skills you need to develop, then it would be more advising and mentoring as I do with coaches. So it depends on the need in the moment. Um, But most of the people that come to me, you know, have a a decision to make, um, are unsure, confused about their future. Um, have relationships that uh, they, they don't, they need to navigate through. Um, but it's about being stuck in a story that we can see beyond. So, uh, you know, and these days, you know, the pandemic kind of like made a lot of people really stuck or desiring something else, you know? And so coaching is just totally expanded um, because it's, it's time to transform. It's time to change and to find something a more meaningful life um or work so yeah mm-hmm.
1: and you have shared with us a toolbox for effective coaching i put mm-hmm. it in the comment section be sure and download right. that you can also find out about dr Marsha at covisioning.com well you say that there are three elements required for someone to create long-term change in the mind in their minds and actions what are they Yeah, I don't remember what I sent you. (laughs) you Oh, that was the best part of the interview right there. I've done that myself. (laughs) I've sent people a list of questions and then I'm like, uh, so how about this? Tell us some of the elements required for someone to create long-term change.
2: (laughs) The file cabinet open It's like, oh, right, right. Uh, Um, Okay, (laughs) number one, and this is often one of the first questions I ask people is willingness. If you're not willing to do what it takes to make a change, then you're not going to change, you know? And so when people uh, get stuck in their stories and their complaints, or I ask the willingness question, are you really willing to do what it takes to move forward, um, to step into this on your own? If, if there's no willingness, game's over.
1: Why are people unwilling? Sorry to uh, interrupt, but I know that many people spend mm -hmm. their lives struggling and never achieving. And well, that's the issue. You know, why do you think that?
2: I mean, of course, there's fear, you know, the fear of failure, the fear that um, I don't I'm inadequate, I'm not good enough. I mean, there's all those things that we can work through. And a coach is, is really good to work through that. Um, but there's also that, you know, in companies, oftentimes people, they come to coaching as a part of a program or somebody suggested it, but they don't want to change. It's everybody else's fault. You know, and the world is, you know, not supporting me and the pandemic is is awful. I can't do anything right now. And there's all the reasons. And I always say, is that a reason or a rationale? You know, and so. um,
1: Good distinction.
2: Yeah. 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 So willingness is first. Um, All right. If there's willingness, then. The next step is um, willingness only lasts for so long. If, so like people say, you know, I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try. Well, that doesn't last very long. I'm willing to try to quit smoking Well, that lasts a day. <laughs> but there must be um, a, a motivational desire, you know, and this is why in coaching, one of the first things we do is um, what does it look like that you want to create that you're, that's missing for you now? Um, that you don't have. We have to define uh, the destination and it has to be something that inspires you to stay with it, to stay committed to the change because it's going to feel awkward at times and you're going to like question it and wake up some mornings and go, I don't want to do that. So the desire has to be strong enough. The picture that you're moving toward, it has to be, hopefully it inspires your passion, your desires. um, uh, the desire, you know, that has to be there because that keeps the willingness going. So they they intertwine the desire and the willingness. And the third step is courage, you know, and it takes courage. And that's why having someone by your side to talk to periodically to make sure you stay on the track um, is essential as well. And that's what a coach does. I'll, I'll coach people for years um, because they're like, you know, I just need to have that check in, that check in that check-in and make sure... Um, It happens. In fact, I just got a bouquet of flowers from a woman I coached for a year and she said, looking back on my year with you, the transformation I've made, um, I will always be grateful for, you know, and so it made me feel good. And there were times where she showed up and she didn't have a lot to talk about, but, you know, I was there with her on this journey and that was the most important thing.
1: Willingness desire and courage. Yeah. If we're lacking change in our lives, it's one of those three Mm -hmm. willingness. I would think is, you know, taking both feet off the base in a (laughs) baseball game, (laughs) you know, desire is I've got to have it. It's that Tony Robbins make a list of, you know, why the world would end if you don't have this happen. Courage is that like you say, to show up different, yeah. As a different human being is very, very difficult because the world is so used yeah. to reacting to you.
2: Well, and courage, remember, courage, um, an element of courage is fear. Courage is acting in the face of fear. Um, if there's no fear, it's something else. You're just bold. Um, but to recognize, I have this fear and do it anyway. You know, that was a
1: great distinction. I want to just read <laughs> it, that again. Courage is acting in the face of fear. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just being bold. If there's yeah. no fear, mm-hmm. that's a good distinction. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, tell me, I always like to ask if people want to pick up your ape, what's the best book to pick mm-hmm. up of yours to get to know Marsha Reynolds?
2: Ah, well, it's interesting. You know, my last two books were about coaching, Coach the Person, uh, The Discomfort Zone. You know, so if you're interested in coaching, Coach the Person is a great place. But if it's more about you and your development. So those three things, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, my first book, Outsmart Your Brain. Mm. That's where I developed those concepts. So I had to go back. Oh, yeah, first book, (laughs) which I have. It's a revised version. So I would say um, if it's about you and and moving forward in your life, pick up Outsmart Your Brain. So
1: Sounds great. Thank you. Once again, Dr. Marcia, thank you. I know it's very early where you are, and I appreciate you get, uh, sharing your wisdom with us.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Everybody, enjoy today. I'm going to be traveling tomorrow to speak in D.C., then Dallas, and doing a few more days. So I will be back in the next few days. Until that, we'll be running Jumpstart Classics at this time. Enjoy today, and I'll see you soon.
0: No more, no more complaining people. I change it with I in high creating a complaint free world no more no more complaining people their lives I change it with I in high creating a complaint free